Aaron Anderson lives and works in the city of York, one of Pennsylvania's uh, most distressed communities. But he's making a difference in the lives of hundreds of kids and families at Logos Academy. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Welcome to Brews and Views. I'm Matt Briette, President and CEO of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. I am in uh, the city of York uh, the, to this morning as we are recording, and I am with Aaron Anderson. Uh, Aaron is the CEO and uh, head of school at Logos Academy. Uh, Aaron, welcome to Brews and Views. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Glad to be on with you. Well, I'm glad you could join me, um, and uh, we want to talk about uh, what's going on here in the city of York uh, with Logos Academy um, and some important things uh, have been going on for a number of years. Uh, and you recently had an op-ed uh, in the York Daily Record uh, with some of the public policy discussions, and, and I want to get into that. But uh, for the listeners that are not familiar with York, uh, could you give just a, a lay of the land? Uh, what is the, the, the city of York like? Is this a an area that's been revitalized? Is it a bustling city? Are the schools uh, dynamic and serving kids? I mean, the poverty rate's low or high? I mean, give us a lay of the land here sure. in New York. Sure. York County, you know, starting with York County, about a four, 450,000 people. And, um, you know, in that, York City is actually a really small city. It's five square miles and about 50,000 people. But the, uh, what the, I think the demographers call it the York Hanover metro area is about a quarter million people that are that are in a relatively small um, small geography. So York City, um, long history here. Um, this is a manufacturing town. You could come. It's actually a fun place to tour and see. You know, this is a place where things were made for a long, mm-hmm. long time. So a manufacturing town. And over the years, I'd say probably over the last fifty to seventy years. There's been, you know, people have moved out of, like many other cities in America, people have moved out of the cities, out into the suburbs. The suburbs have kind of exploded, and the cities have been left with a lot of challenges. So what you see today in York City is that 50,000 people, there are, um, you know, this is a town that had back in the, in the late 60s massive mm-hmm. race riots. Um, and um, over the years, uh, you know, the, the public schools have, have struggled. I mean, there's a significant... Um, poverty uh, pop, uh, percentage here in York. Actually, York City Schools has, I think, the highest abject poverty rate in the state, I've heard, which is, I think, 55% mm-hmm. of its students are in abject poverty, not just poverty. So, um, and we certainly see that here at, at Logos Academy. So, it's a community that struggles with poverty, and then the, that just spills into sure. the challenge of educating students. Yeah, so, so uh, when it comes to uh, those challenges uh, in education, um, uh, recognizing it as a ticket out of poverty, mm-hmm. um, because we know that people trapped in our welfare system or in our correction systems, um, they uh, have the commonality of a lack of a good education. Right. Uh, and so when we fail on that front end, you can almost guarantee uh, failure on the back end. Um, right. uh, or uh, maybe not even the back end, but uh, the early years of your life, that you set a trajectory that um, unfortunately can trap you. Uh, and so true. I know that uh, what you're doing at, at Logos Academy is trying to counter uh, right. a lot of those, uh, 
well, you might say, hey, the headwinds uh, right. that a lot of these kids face. Um, so, so tell us about uh, Logos. I mean, first of all, you live and work in this city. Mm-hmm. This you have That's adopted right. this city as right. as your own, and right. and serving in a variety of capacities. But uh, where your primary focus is is the head of school here That's at Logos correct. Academy. Right. D- describe Logos Academy for our listeners uh, and the students that you have uh, coming into your hallways here. Yeah, so Logos serves here in York. Um, we're, we're technically in York City School District, although we have students who come from 12 different school districts. Um, but York City School District is a population of about, I think, five, 6,000 students. Significant number of students, you heard me talk about the abject poverty mm-hmm. rate. So, so it's a district that has really struggled. I mean, and so, and I never want to, I mean, there are a lot of wonderful, good people in the local public school system. My wife actually is a literacy interventionist in the local public schools. So, um, so Logos Academy has never been about being anti-public schools, mm-hmm. but actually realizing that, that kids actually need a fair shot. It's not, I, I don't think it's a fair environment where you have, you know, actually in the, the percentage, I think, is 80 plus percent of kids that live in New York City are um, kids that live in poverty. I said 55 percent abject poverty. So that's mm. the most severe wow. form. So I don't think that's a real, a real those kids are getting a, a real fair shake. That said, um, Logos Academy was started in 1998 to, to give parents an option. Um, we, we believe pretty strongly that parents are the best form of accountability for um, for schools and the best and, and the the folks who are probably in the best position to choose what's best for their kids and so logos was started um, with a really unique premise we're a christ-centered school um, we're an urban school we're a classical school but i think what makes us so unique is that we reserve two-thirds of our seats for kids who live in poverty so mm-hmm. we're a private school not a charter school we're not government funded mm-hmm. Um, that, that exists to serve, you know, we'll, we'll, in a class of 18, we'll, we'll protect 12 seats for kids who are living in poverty. And, wh- and what's the average cost uh, uh, for a student at this private school in the city that, and I think the York School District's probably spending upwards of 17, 18,000 per year. Right. How, does, how does Logos compare uh, to what the public school is on per pupil uh, spending? Yeah, we're, we'll, spend, we'll spend close to about $11,000 mm-hmm. per student. Now, the fam- those families that are living in or near poverty um, last year paid about $1,400 a year. So mm-hmm. nobody came for free, mm-hmm. uh, and those families actually have significant skin in the game. The mm-hmm. average household income for those families ranges year to year from about twenty-five dollars to $35,000. That's household income. Mm-hmm. So they're paying mm-hmm. a $1,400 bill out of that. Um, so these are families that, that are invested. And they recognize uh, that uh, that's a, an important investment to make and are willing to do so, uh, which I know is a big part of what creates the, the culture here right. uh, and that skin in the game. And, and you, you said that you believe parents uh, are the ones who can best make these choices. I think there's a lot of people who uh, don't think that about poor parents, that, right. uh, that if they're poor, they're therefore not smart enough to be able to make a choice. And that, you know, how would they know? whether Logos is good or bad, and that uh, we, you know, we don't really need to provide those kinds of choices for low-income families um, if we just make our public schools better. I mean, uh, I'm sure you hear uh, those arguments that uh, sure. we just need to make our public schools better because that's where the vast majority of kids uh, go to school, and that's true. 
Uh, but how do you uh, address those things? Because I'm sure you hear them that, uh, hey, you're just taking the best kids uh, out of these schools uh, and you're you're harming the finances of the local public schools. How do you answer those, well, those charges? Well, let, let's go back to maybe one of the fundamental premises, I think, under this idea that that the government or, 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 or some other group has, has a better, has more interest in, in kids. First of all, if I start as a theologian, I put my theologian hat on, I say, kids are born to mom and dad. They, um, God has given them the responsibility of caring for those kids. Secondly, I'd say from experience of living in the city and living around people who are in poverty, I think it's a very misguided assumption that these people don't care for their kids. Even even families I've seen that struggle with very significant um, significant things. I think it's a common human thing across all time that we care for our young. Yeah, they're probably in. You could look at any population. Yeah. They're probably two percent of the population that are just bad people, right? And that are gonna that are gonna be bad. Income but level doesn't matter. It doesn't right? matter yeah. whether they're good. They, they have income, education. But what I've seen is that these, these people want what's best for their kids. And almost you almost hear that, I hear that over and over, as I want something different mm. for my kids than what I received myself. And so they, these are families that are, that are pretty desperate. Now to the, your, your second question is, like, in some way, a little school that's 270 students is somehow harming the public education system. Um, that's not. That, I don't think that's the the way our local public school system sees us. Mm-hmm. We have a very good relationship with um, with York City Schools. Dr. Holmes just retired. Great deal of respect for Dr. Holmes and for the for the, the teachers that are there. Um, we're serving 270 students in a district of 6,000 students. I mean, um, to, by our calculations for York County taxpayers, we saved um, York County taxpayers about five million dollars last year. Um, because they're not having to educate these 270 kids. We Meaning are. if you pushed all 275 kids back in the public school system, uh, that money comes from somewhere, right? And it's they going would, to come from the taxpayers. They would have to hire teachers, yeah. you know, the support services, you know, you, you name it, they would have to do that. And so, and we're, we're not publicly funded. So in that respect, I think we're doing, we're doing our, um, our public schools um, and our local taxpayers, we're doing them a... Um, a favor. Yeah, it's a, it's a cost savings yeah. uh, for sure. Um, and so uh, when it comes to uh, parents and kids, um, are they uh, clamoring to get in logos uh, or do you have to go out and recruit people uh, to come in here? So as of today, right now, and we're, we're sitting in the summer, it's the middle of July and school open in, the, in late August, we, we have waiting lists in 10 grades right mm-hmm. now. So um, and when you look at the options that are available in York City currently, um, York Academy, which is a, was a charter school, is completely, and you get in on a lottery, they're completely full. And um, you have to do a lottery because there's greater demand than there is supply. And so it's, uh, hey, uh, if you get the luck of the draw, you're able to get this option. And that's York Academy. That's a publicly funded uh, yeah. charter school, and they're, and they're do, doing good work. But here at Logos, yeah, we have, we have waiting lists in 10 grades. As a matter of fact, we're getting ready to launch a capital campaign to build more space, to add space for about 200 students to expand our campus because the building we built was really built to be a K-8 building. But, um, but the demand is definitely there. But, um, but, it's, but the funding for you know, how we pay for these students mm-hmm. is really, really critical. If I, I already told you that you know, on an $11,000 cost, 
average tuition ranges from fourteen to seventeen hundred dollars per kid. So our mission is to make this place affordable and accessible, which is why the funding mechanisms, you know, such as the tax credit program, are so so critical. We raise additional dollars beyond that, but um, but it would be very we'd be hard pressed to be providing what we're providing without some of those tax credit. Yeah. Programs. So so Logos was started in '98, and of course uh, the Pennsylvania's Educational Improvement Tax Credit that. Uh, uh, provides a lot of the scholarships, uh, and I don't know what the percentage of students uh, or or of the revenue comes from these tax credit scholarships for Logos, um, but uh, that certainly is a, what is allowing you to serve a lot of these kids, uh, and I suspect uh, is why you were so disappointed when Governor Wolf vetoed a uh, $100 million expansion of the EITC program right. um, because that would have created more um, uh, tax uh, um, scholarship money uh, for kids wanting to get into Logos and you say, look, we want to provide, we're going to build more facilities so that we can accommodate these kids, but it's dependent on more money being made available. Right. Uh, so so what, what uh, Logos, how dependent is it on EITC? Or I should say, how dependent are the kids? Because that's ultimately, uh, kids, you know, who's, right. who's benefiting from this. Yeah, 100% of those dollars go directly to kids. So last year we gave away $1.75 million in tax credits, and that's about what we raised in tax mm-hmm. credits. So, so we gave away 100% of those dollars. So that's, those are businesses. Those are um, individuals who are high net worth individuals who have Pennsylvania tax liability. And the state allows them to give those dollars directly to us, and then they get a they get a tax credit on their against their Pennsylvania taxes. So um, students are very, very reliant. Our average, so I think across the state, I've heard that the average tax credit scholarship across the state is $2,500 or some, somewhere in that range. Actually, I think it's, it's closer to like fifteen or 1800 So it's, okay. it's, it's, so it's fair, even yeah. lower than that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, our, average, our average tax credit scholarship last year was $7,200, I believe. Um, so we're giving away quite a bit. In addition to that, 1.7 million. I mean, we're usually raising another about 800 thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So we're constantly raising money to scholarship kids, um, and so and we're we're a nonprofit, you know, nonprofit organization. So people, you know, often think when they hear figures like that that somebody's is lining their pockets. But this is 100 percent of these dollars are going to kids to make the, to make a private education affordable. I mean, it's an unhold. I mean, yeah. where in the country do you hear anybody that's going to private school, a high quality private school for fourteen hundred dollars a year? Well, and of course, uh, if it was any more than that, uh, the families you're serving right here in this community, and and this isn't where kids are having to travel outside the city. Uh, you are in some of the roughest parts of, of uh, the city of York. Uh, we're right? right downtown. Yeah, we're right right downtown in the heart, and that was part of our mission is we wanted to be here. Um, you know, again, we we believe that this is a good place. We believe this. There are there are good people here who want good things for their kids, like these. People have not chosen, you know, uh, to destroy their kids' lives. This is this is, in many respects, where people, many in York County, have to live here, um, and so that's when we when we planted here in '98, we intended to stay here. We didn't go to the we didn't go to the suburbs. We wanted to be right here. Um, we wanted to be an urban school. Well, when uh, Governor Wolf vetoed uh, that hundred million dollar increase, uh, which would have only put it up to two hundred and ten million. I mean, and I say only because when we're talking about spending over $30 billion, that's with a mm-hmm. B, uh, in public education, 
Um, it's really not much in terms of the lifelines that are being uh, thrown to kids, particularly in, in school districts like like York. Um, and, and with the governor's veto message, he said that the EITC is not good for Pennsylvania. He said it lacks fairness and accountability um, and even questioned the quality of the schools mm-hmm. that kids are going to. How do you respond to, to those arguments that the governor made, which, of course, was ironic because I believe that the Wolf Industries had were part of uh, Logos, if if I'm correct, or or have been supporters the fam- of it in the, the family, past. Family has been supportive, yeah, and and I like Governor Wolf. I, I really I, I have no you as know, a fellow Democrat. Which yeah, we- exactly. I have no <laughs> I have no hard feelings toward him, and I, and uh, and and I do believe that he really does want what is best for kids. And we probably have a difference of opinion when it when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it stung a little bit. When um, you know when when the quality of the schools are, are questioned, I you know so Logos Academy we are we're a middle states accredited school, um, so when you talk about accountability, I mean we're accredited by the exact same organization that accredits public schools, that accredits Milton Hershey, schools like that. So um, so we have we have put ourselves under under the rigor of that. We um, we test our students using many of the same testing mechanisms, such as the MAP testing scores um, that, that, that other, other public schools are using. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately, but ultimately, again, I would say is like the, the proof is in the, is in the parents, right? Look at the parents. I believe parents are the best source of accountability. Um, and, and when you have parents across the state in, in our failing urban school districts, and that really is where the crisis really yeah. is, when you have them fleeing in huge numbers, and we had last year, what, 50,000 unfunded scholarships yep. that we weren't able to mm-hmm. do, that should tell us something. I mean, that, that does give rise to the question of, like, where, where really is the accountability? Are, you know, um, I mean, the governor, the governor, I mean, it saddened me. The governor um, made a point about, you know, schools that still have lead-based paint poisoning and the public schools and so on and so forth. And I look at that, and I, as a taxpayer, <laughs> I, I looked at it and I said, well, that's awful. Like, no school should have right, lead-based or right. asbestos. Then why are our politicians not on that and funding that? And instead, what seems to happen is we throw blanket money across the state yeah. instead of saying, like, these schools need to be dealt with right away. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and they increased in this last budget over $400 million more uh, on top of what we're already spending. And uh, that, that's always an exercise. I say, let's, uh, let's do some math here. Uh, if you've got a classroom of 20 kids and you're spending on average in Pennsylvania about 18000 per kid, uh, that's $360,000. Uh, now, I'm pretty sure that you're not paying your teachers uh, even half of that, $180,000, yeah, right. Uh, right. right? I mean, right. it's a fraction. So when you say, well, where is this money going? I think that this is where taxpayers um, see a disconnect is that we're spending a lot in education. And as a former teacher myself, look, I, I think that we we probably could be spending a lot more for the high-quality teachers that are really helping students learn. Um, but uh, I think there's a, a lot of money that isn't being directed uh, into those things. Well, whether it's remediation uh, uh, of the classroom or remediation when it comes to academics, uh, right. which in, and speaking of that, of academics, uh, are, are you doing well with these kids? I mean, I suspect they come with many of the same challenges all the kids in the city of York have of, of having an achievement gap or behind in grade level. How, uh, what, what are your metrics um, for measuring that uh, quality of education. Yeah, so we, we typically see, historically, we have seen 
kids that are coming into kindergarten are typically already in, in urban environments, and we see that here at Logos, are already like halfway behind their, their suburban peers um, or, their, or their peers that, that, that are from households where there's, there's a higher income. They're already halfway behind in terms of things like word count, ability to recognize letters, things like that. And so it typically takes us by second grade, we're seeing kids are catching, they're back up, they're, they're getting caught back up, which is really critical because we know by third grade, if a kid can't read really well, the likelihood that they're not going to perform is going to be significant. As a matter of fact, um, one study recently done here in York showed that in, in the local schools that the that, that kids were only learning 75% of what they needed to learn each year. Now, when you compound that over right. multiple right. years, that's why kids are graduating with 7th, 8th grade reading level. That's just unacceptable. We're seeing kids, first of all, kids are having higher than average, higher than national average SAT scores. So they're graduating with, and, and there's a, you want to talk about another measure of accountability. We, we can publish our, our SAT scores and show like what our kids are doing. And we can, and we'll give the demographic information to those kids to show like this is what we're seeing, what we're seeing our kids do. Um, we, we just, we've had five, the relatively small graduating okay. classes, but we are seeing kids, we've got you know, kids who are succeeding. We've got one of our kids um, who is here from kindergarten to 12th grade in our first graduating class is now, um, she was featured in USA Today. She's now with the Blue Angels hmm. and, um, and doing really well. Another, and she's one of our first graduating class. Another, another student is now just graduated top of her class in York College and is going to Dickinson Law School. And these are kids that are kids that were living in poverty mm -hmm. that we educated mm -hmm. from K to 12. Um, these are stories, but I could show you the data that shows that these kids are doing they're doing better than national averages. I mean, and we're interested. We want to make sure that they're doing as well as the high-performing public schools out in the suburbs. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I know you're focused on the kids, uh, but there is always a ripple effect of that. Uh, and and I remember uh, visiting many years ago uh, here at Logos and meeting with parents. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, it tears me up even remembering that because right. of the impact that it had on those families right. of their kids having this opportunity. Um, talk about what that has done, not just for the kids, but the families of the kids and even the community that you're living in. Yeah, I, I mean, one is I think you know, I think part of, part of the value of a Logos Academy is it, is it actually is like a family. It's a relatively small school, but we, you know, part of our requirement is we, we actually, because we believe that parents are, are the ones that are ordained by God to care for their kids, we, we don't see ourselves as, the, as parents. We see ourselves as a tool. Coming in alongside, the, yeah. Yeah, a tool in the parent's toolbox to, to help them raise and form human beings. Because after all, like, that's what education really is about. We're, we're talking about forming kids. These are not just empty uh, brains that we pour academic content into. That's kind of what our education system has moved toward that kind of thinking, but but we are mind, body, spirit, created by God in His image, and so we're talking about total human formation. And so, um, so and we're we're created to be in community, and so families are become part of this family, and um, and that's what's neat is seeing the relationships that are developed between teachers and between families. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're old school. We actually require our teachers to do home visits, mm. not to go spy, <laughs> but because we want to build relationships yeah. between mom, dad, grandma, whoever's responsible for the child, and, and our teachers. And then we watch these families get in relationship with each other. We have community dinners where, like, classes get together and have dinner together. Their families mm. get together. 
And I, I know personally, because my, my six kids have all gone to Logos, the friendships now that we now have across socioeconomic lines, across ethnic lines, are some of the most amazing and beautiful things that, that we get to be a part of. And what you see from that is when we live in community together, then you see like this real sharing. Like each of us, like we, my family has learned quite a bit. And we've been able to benefit other families by, mm -hmm. you know, helping families find jobs. Um, that's one of the things Logos has done over the years is trying tried to employ parents. Like we get them jobs, help them economically. Because we know if, if the economics at home are bad, then the likelihood that it's going to impact the education is significant. And so we've had ventures where we've, we've tried to create jobs for families. We're still working on some things like that. We have a number of parents that work for us. Um, that's probably actually the biggest testimony is we, yeah. we have a number of employees that have their kids here. Working in like the food service and uh, the yeah. central office. Okay. They, we've had people who've, who've risen and have taught over the years, mm. um, have, have gone back and gotten education. Um, and so that's been really neat. I mean, it's, we're, we're still, a, we're 20 years old. I mean, we're yeah. still a pretty young organization, but there's been plenty of neat things that we've seen happen. And so, so the next 20 years, uh, what do you envision for Logos? I know you've got a big uh, capital campaign right. that's uh, in order to, what, what do you hope to increase your capacity to with uh, a new building? So we want to we add a, to serve about 200 more students here mm -hmm. in York. Um, you're aware that also that we, we've been approached uh, numerous times now. I even got a, a contact this week from a new person, um, people who want to see a Logos Academy in their own community. Yes, yeah. so, so we have a, um, a sister school in Harrisburg, um, a Logos Academy Harrisburg that we're in kind of moving toward a strategic yeah, alliance. Yeah, just what, a cu couple grades right now? I think kindergarten first. Starting and, first grade yeah. this year. So they'll be growing little by little. It's the exact same model, and as you know, Harrisburg has the exact same challenges yep. that York. I mean, they, York, York City does, just taken over by the state. Um, you know, when you look at the performance numbers up there, I mean, parents in our Logos Academy Harrisburg are, are looking for the exact same opportunities. So I, I think you'll see us look at, you know, ways that we can expand our model. We think we have a, a unique model in this time and place. Um, you know, interestingly, Matt, um, over the years, it's the Catholic schools that have served, right. by and large, many poor students across the country. But in the last 10 years, 476 urban Catholic schools have closed. Mm -hmm. So, and what we're seeing, what that means for the Latino population is that Latino rates of or enrollment in private schools is plummeting right now. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and so the opportunity for those families um, for poor families to have access to high quality options is just going away. And we, we'd like to be, we'd like to figure out how we can take this model and kind of propagate it ar around wherever we can, where, you know, wherever God opens the doors. Well, we certainly wish you well in that. Uh, we'll keep fighting on the policy front in Harrisburg to make sure that those resources are available because they are cost saver to the taxpayers right. uh, and certainly a lifeline to a lot of uh, kids and those families uh, where they're coming from. Uh, where can uh, folks go to learn more about the Logo story uh, and maybe even help you out with your building campaign, make that a contribution? That would be great. So you can go to logosyork.org. That's L-O-G-O-S-Y-O-R-K.org. 
and right there you can um, find out information about Logos. If you're in the area and you want to put your kids in Logos, that's where you'd find admissions information there. And um, and there's a right there on the front page. There's a donation um, a donation button. Um, people can donate in a variety of ways. Um, to us, and we certainly appreciate any support. Well, and, and I'm going to commit you to something here, Aaron, that any of our listeners, uh, especially lawmakers, that want to come visit Logos to see it in action, uh, what's happening in an urban school and doing wonderful things, I will bring you down here. We'll get a tour. You will be inspired by what Aaron and his team are doing for these kids, uh, and I encourage you to do that. Uh, and, and there are a lot of schools similar to Logos going on and serving communities in need, and we need to make sure we're doing everything we can to support them. So I really appreciate what you do, Aaron, uh, on a daily basis, that you're in the trenches fighting for these kids, uh, and we wish you and and Logos all the best. Thank you. We appreciate it. Well, thanks for coming on Brews and Views, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Great. You've been listening to Brews and Views, a production of Commonwealth Partners Chamber of Entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook at Commonwealth Partners and follow Matt Briette at M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-I-L-L-E-T-T-E.